0: I'm Nichelle Thompson, welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open minded to learn. To learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health either directly and indirectly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy and cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic whole body approach to healthcare. It uses manual, hands-on techniques to improve all aspects of the body, including the skeleton, joints, muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, and reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs. Here at Heat Therapy, Holistically Elite Active Therapy, we utilize Bioflex cold laser units to help accelerate healing on a cellular level. It is a light-based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing. We have had many success stories with this technology. People have avoided surgeries, reduced and eliminated medication, and reduced or eliminated all sorts of pain. So please, join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly and indirectly. As a financial consultant with Investors Group since 2008, Sam Guilmette's life and professional experience provide a focused view of asset development and proactive risk management. Sam obtained his Certified Financial Planner designation of August 2013 and registered retirement consultant in 2015. Sam's clients benefit from a team-based financial planning approach to developing comprehensive, personalized financial plans. Sam has a bilingual ability to simplify what others see is complex, a realistic view of the future, and a keen understanding of the financial challenges that families face. Sam enjoys working with clients actively and engaging them to create a bright financial future. Please welcome Sam Goumet. Right. So when it comes to financial literacy, how important is it to establish your key values and why? Well, I think with most people, it's sort of
1: difficult to kind of stay the course when the, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Oh, um, and, it, and if you don't really get a good sense of what your values are, it's sort of easy to get lost.
0: Which is especially applicable to now, right?
1: Well, it is. But, you know, if if you value things that are material goods and and, you, and you, you possess some discipline, then you already manage to find a way between achieving your goals and, and the immediate gratification. Because um, if not, you'll find yourself at some point caught on the treadmill of life, chasing mm. you know the newest, brightest, shiniest thing, mm. and uh, uh, unless you're fortunate enough to be in a position where financially you can kind of keep up to those things, it's sort of it's it's a pretty difficult race to lose uh, to win. So, but on the other hand, if you value experiences, then the that effect will have a longer lasting impact on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, long after the shiny has all kind of worn off, uh, you'll re- you'll have memories of things that, you know, were important to you. So I think it's super important to make sure that you understand what your key values are and you don't sort of get caught up trying to figure out uh, what everybody else thinks you should be focusing on.
0: Because actually speaking of what everybody else you know, focuses on that has a lot to do with peer pressure. So, what are the best ways to deal with peer pressure when you disagree with, you know, a direction you're being pushed to? And how does this translate into making, um, you know, do what's best with your money?
1: Well, I think it really comes down to sort of having that trusted relationship with someone. Um, because there are always going to be those pressures pulling us in every direction when it comes to especially finances. And, and it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It always seems to be like money is at the forefront of everything. Mm. But if you have that trusted person, you know, if there's that, that circle of trust somewhere where you can just say how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and and kind of just get some feedback without feeling like you're being judged, um, I think that's the best way. That combined with again knowing what your your values are, to just stay on track and not get caught up on that treadmill.
0: Because mm-hmm, you know that treadmill can be very much like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like you you know you can feel like you have to always like you're mentioning do what everybody else is doing, get that greatest newest shiniest thing. Um, But how do you help your clients prepare for this? Is there a specific approach you take to help them stay on track with their goals and financial goals?
1: Well, I can't say that there's something specific. I think I'm fortunate enough to work with people who've already figured that out in some way, shape or form. Usually it has something to do with some sort of life experience they've had. um, Okay. Where they they don't want to find themselves in that situation again. But I, I certainly encourage clients to dream big because, um, you know, it, it, if, you, if you set the goals a little too small, then, it, yeah, you achieve your goals, but they're not really pushing you forward as a, as a human being. So, um, you know, the, the financial planning process in its simplest form is a tool to provide clarity and insight on the progress that you're making towards those goals. It's a checkpoint. It's sort of like uh, uh, if you're working out or you want to prepare for a marathon, right? You you Mm -hmm. don't run the 26 kilometers on the first day. Exactly. But you start timing yourself in distance. And over time, if you say, okay, in in the month I want to be at X kilometers, and you achieve that goal, then at least you know you're making progress. You know you're far away from your 26 kilometers or whatever the number is. Obviously, I'm not a marathoner. But but if you have those mileposts and checkpoints, I think those are critical to kind of give you those small wins along the way that keep you motivated and focused and feeling like you're actually making progress.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I can totally see that too because that's like what I do from a different side of things in my clinic, right? I'm not just going to give somebody... Um, exercises that you would need 10 years experience to do right so that's exactly what you're saying and I think it it doesn't matter what stage in life you are sometimes you don't always have the knowledge about money because not a lot of people sadly are financial literate um, you know have financial literacy so you shouldn't feel bad either is what I'm trying to say if you have to do those baby steps
1: Right. Yeah. And I guess an analogy I could use, too, is my, I'm, I'm fortunate that my brother is is the one who's mechanically inclined. Um, and he understands that when I open the
0: hood of my vehicle, he knows <laughs> I have no idea what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I'm comfortable with him to go to him and say, hey, you know, it, the vehicle is doing this that, and the other thing. And I don't feel like I'm, asking, like I'm stupid because um, I know he's there to help me. And, you know, oftentimes he'll coach me through some things depending on what the the challenge is. But I I think we all need that. It comes back to that someone or something that you trust to kind of just let, you know, let yourself go and never mind worrying about being judged.
0: Yeah, especially when it comes to money. Well, you know, aside from a relationship between spouses, I think money is a close second in terms of just how personal it is. Yeah, for sure. So one of the best websites, because, you know, like teaching your kids too about money once, once you get a little bit more comfortable too is important. And, and one of the best websites that I, I kind of found um, in getting smart about money is getsmartaboutmoney.ca. So what topics... Catchy. That's a catchy title. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. What topics can people expect to find there? And what do you find most valuable if there's anything in your opinion?
1: well i I can say that i I have my own a few favorites when it comes to websites and podcasts and audiobooks and whatnot and and without making a specific commentary on on the get smart about money website I can say that there's a something that I've seen is sort of like a trend out there they they they're all very good at identifying what or or the why um but those tools where they lack, I think, is having that coaching sense, that coaching piece. That exactly. I can read a book about how it. to, you know, run a marathon, but if I don't actually get out and and run and train and you know take a look at my nutrition and all that kind of stuff, then am I really going to become a marathoner? No. So in our business, I feel that that's where um, clients are feeling comfortable. First of all, because they know they're dealing with a certified financial planner. So there is a certain amount of, um, educational and technical knowledge that exists there. Um, my advantage, I think, is the fact that it's sort of where my age group is. Um, I'm, I'm mature enough that I have life experiences that, um, you know, can help me coach my clients through whatever it is they're going through. And I'm at a point in my life where I sort of like look up to those clients who are a little older, who maybe are retired now and enjoying that lifestyle that I'm someday hoping to enjoy. But once we have that partnership and we feel that trust, I think a lot of those things that people read and see and Google and whatnot can really come together. um, But they're missing that piece in terms of somebody to help them to kind of keep them on track and, and keep them focused on the goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly,
1: one one tool that I've used in the past with clients is a a book called Money and Youth. I don't know if you've uh, heard of it. Um,
0: okay.
1: IG Wealth Management has had a partnership for the last fifteen years or so with the Canadian Foundation of Economic Education, and in those fifteen years, there are about three hundred thousand copies of this book that have been provided at no charge to teachers to use with their students, oh. and even available free to parents. Um, and, and I think what's really interesting is, although the book is sort of written in the context of being relatable to money and youth, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I actually think the, the book could be called Money and You. Yeah, um, for it, sure. It's simple enough, really, that anyone can apply some of the knowledge that's in there to improve their financial situation, regardless of what stage of life they're in.
0: And I love how you spoke about you know, that and how you it's not, not just youth but you. I think it's important for everybody to be educated on money and, and to go through the humility, right? Because you can always learn something about anything. And the one point that I also like that you brought up is you almost want to coach because it's not like you would take an Olympic hockey team to the Olympics without a coach, right? And I don't think you should treat your your finances any differently. You know, they need to be able to hold you accountable. So how would one calculate their financial independence amount? So for those who don't know, uh, financial uh, financial independence means you have enough money to enjoy your life without having to work or maintain your lifestyle um, if you do, or, or sorry, to maintain your lifestyle if you do not wish to work. So that means you have no reliance on anybody to survive. So, like, how do you calculate that financial independence?
1: Well, I think you use the key word lifestyle.
0: Mm. Everyone's lifestyle is different, so um, you know. Sometimes I'll have someone say,
1: "Oh, is it true? I need a million dollars to retire." Well, quite frankly, I don't know if you need a million dollars or not. Yeah. What does your retirement look like? Well, I don't really know.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> that's
1: the first problem. Um, you know, so it's, it's interesting because there's this number that people put out there, and, you know, is that my number? Well, I don't know. I, I I mean, there are probably 30 houses on my street, and if I asked every one of my neighbors what
0: their magic number was, I'd probably get 30 different numbers. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, but it also comes back to what you were just saying about um, Olympics, uh, the Olympics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, think, of, uh, think of whatever uh, elite athlete that you can think of in whatever sport you can think of Mm -hmm. they they likely have something in them that made them special right from the get-go but every one of them still has coaches so Mm -hmm. if it's um, a hockey player um, yeah they're probably they have the ability to play hockey in the first place but somebody is teaching them about how to read the ice how to read the play Uh, and if they reach an elite level then all of a sudden they're getting into a whole different uh, ball of wax in terms of nutrition conditioning um media i mean how to give an yeah, interview
0: exactly. i've seen
1: there are a, lot, there are a lot of great hockey players out there who don't interview very well but they have coaches to teach them how to do that
0: mm-hmm Yeah, like really coaches in all aspects of their life. So, you know, like you're saying, financial independence really depends because the other point, too, that people don't think about is, you know, you know, kind of like inflation and stuff like that, too. So it's like you think that you can kind of survive on a certain amount for the rest of your life. But you also have to take into consideration that $30,000 right now, that type of lifestyle you're living with, that won't be the same 20 30 40 years from now so you need people uh like yourself sam to kind of help think of those things you might not necessarily think of and speaking about things you might not necessarily think of the atms you know like there's actually tips on that because they can be compromised in terms of thieves could steal your pin so how do you actually pick a protected atm
1: yeah, that's a good question, and that certainly falls outside of my scope of ex- my scope of experience, for sure. Um, I just know that we. We certainly need to be a lot more cautious out there. The the digital age has made a lot of that stuff very interesting. We we think that our one two three four pin is safe, <laughs> um, and of course, I'm not technology uh, technologically literate either. But um, you know that there's there's an abundance abundance of stories out there about you know things information that's been compromised, and the the biggest thing I think that. Uh, we're dealing with and certainly being trained on all the time and being very cognizant of is um, that whole issue of elder abuse specifically mm-hmm. um, so especially in the times that we're in now there's there's a push in society to go more towards sort of these digital tools
0: yeah
1: and um, y- you know not everyone regardless of their age but it certainly it seems like the older they may be the less comfortable they are with the tools And so I think they're more apt to to be victims to some of those things.
0: Yeah, which makes sense. Um, You know, just a, a little bit more vulnerable, basically, right? Uh just just trusting and all that kind of stuff but you you did mention another point um you said you know these times are, are very vulnerable and some unfortunately have lost their jobs and now they kind of have to regroup so to speak so how important is it to establish um a budget and is there a right time to create a budget
1: well i think there's never a right time to learn about how to manage the dollar um Depending what generation you're from, there, there used to be a time where you need to take a pocket full of change to go to the convenience store to buy candy and, and soft drinks. Um, now with the advent of digital money, uh, it's a simple tap and go,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it's different if you have to go to a store and pull money out of your wallet to
1: pay for something, and if you don't have enough money in your wallet, then you can't buy that thing. Uh, now it's like I'll just tap and I'll put it on a credit card and I'll pay for it later. Maybe depending on your circumstances. So there's never um, there, there's never a bad time to start budgeting. Um, I think I, I feel what I've seen in my my professional experience over the last twelve years is um, people generally get themselves a little bit more in a pickle when as I mentioned earlier, they they try to lead a lifestyle based on what everyone else around them is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, we've we all know of situations where maybe a couple could not really afford to go on vacation, but because of the peer pressure and come on, you got to come with us. And You know, we haven't been on vacation together in three, four years. You got to come with us and let's, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And you know, if depending on whether or not you're comfortable in your own skin, then sometimes you will say, yeah, okay, let's just do it, honey. Let's just put this on a credit card and we'll figure out how to pay for it later.
0: Yeah. Which, well, my question to you, imagine how you're
1: feeling on that vacation, the whole week that you're there or two weeks, um, supposed to be on vacation enjoying yourself, but really you're sitting by the pool thinking, how am we going to pay for this thing when we get back? Yeah. So if you had budgeted or if, if there was a budget in place where all of a sudden you book a vacation and you can actually pay for it, and when I say pay for, I don't mean let's put it on the credit card and pay for it next month or over the next six months. I mean actually pay for the vacation. Imagine how you would feel going on vacation sitting by the pool that week. Mm. Knowing that you don't have that, we don't have to go home and worry about
0: paying exactly. for this thing. We we just have to worry about going home and saving for our vacation next year. Hmm. So just you it know, just puts you in a different headspace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How great of a vacation would that be? Yeah.
0: Exactly. So is there, like speaking of budgets, is there anything, because like that's definitely something interesting people might not really necessarily think, right? Just like instant gratification and then you get there and you're like, holy moly, like what what are we going to do? But is there like some common thing people forget to put on their budget that makes a huge difference, if anything?
1: Um, Somehow we convince ourselves that life is not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> right? Like this pandemic, it's, for example it, if you yeah, if you're budgeting and you're right down to the dollar, um that that's that would be a concern to me, okay. right because something always happens, it's usually when you least expect it hm so you know i I don't think anyone's emergency funds are as large as they should be. Um, And I suspect again in the times that we're living in right now. It's uh, even more uncomfortable Um, You know and that leads to other socioeconomic problems The other thing that I think people avoid not avoid they they neglect in their planning whether it's budgeting or planning is just how How long we're going to live? Mm. Right Um, the if the idea about retirement is well, I'll retire whenever and then you know I'll get five years in, and then I'll, I won't be around anymore hmm. yeah. that's That's not really sound planning you know i I'd love to ask a group of ninety year olds today um if they ever imagine themselves still being around today yeah right so mm-hmm. it's it's a little concerning when death becomes the financial plan, hmm.
0: And you you see that more often than not?
1: Well, I I see that um, sometimes folks don't have those trusted relationships where people are willing to just put themselves out there. You know, the question becomes, Mr. and Mrs. Client, would you like me to be diplomatic or direct? Yeah. And ultimately, depending on the relationship, they will say, no, no, just give it to me straight. Yeah. And and here it is, you know, you're you're 64 years old, and your plan revolves around you passing away at 75. Yeah. What if, you know, well, what if? I mean, statistically, you'll be around till you're 87. So, what's the plan then? Mm-hmm. I right, mean, as a as a financial planner, it's important to ask that question because when they do turn 75, and if they do happen to be in a situation where there's no money left, then we can go back and say, well. Uh, I just need to remember you told me 20 years ago that we were going to get here and you said, don't worry about it, we'll figure it out.
0: Exactly. Well, we're here now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just foreseeing and helping them out and just preparing again. It's like you're you're acting as that coach just to, you know, just really kind of lay out all the plays in the Olympic hockey game, so to speak, and all the possibilities and and, and just kind of discussing with them to bring things to their attention that they might not necessarily – really want to think about, I guess, right? And that's the whole purpose of it. So when it comes, like, what are the other benefits of of saving money and and trying not to live just paycheck to paycheck? Like, how do people even get started on saving money in the first place if there may not be a lot left over, if not nothing left over? Like, what is your advice? Well, I
1: I think that we need to make a a distinction between whether or not we're going to live within our budget or work on making our budget fit our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So there's only two ways to do this. You either spend less, save more, or don't live as long. <laughs> I mean, those are really easy to control. <laughs> so, sort of like a three legged stool, those are your options. Um, but it's it's really concerning, especially like I said, as you know, we're going through some trying times. So it's it's interesting to have more and more discussions with um, professionals in the health and wellness field, and it's certainly well documented the link between health and financial
0: oh, wellness. Absolutely. Right. So, what are the benefits? Well, the benefits is
1: if you if you can kind of see, keep those things your financial life sort of in control, and I use that word very loosely. Then it's just one less thing that comes in ways on you when life happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I, I think budgeting and and having some sense of financial discipline um, happens earlier rather than
0: later. I like that financial it, it, discipline. So do you believe that's a that's something that you can be taught? Financial discipline.
1: Yeah, it can be taught, and I think it it. Once it becomes something that's behavioral, um, it, you're not thinking about, I have to save money. It's just something you do hmm. instinctively.
0: Yeah.
1: And and somehow, some way, you know, I think there are two options. You can either get through your month and then save whatever is left at the end of the month. That's option one. Or option two is put the savings aside at the beginning of the month and get through the month.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, personally, option B works better for me because I know that the savings are set aside and somehow, some way we end up getting through the end of the month and everyone is fed and there's still a roof over our heads and, you know, everything's okay. But when I, I would say when we first got married, um, uh, we tried to do it the other way around and you just get to the end of the month and there's just nothing left. Somehow, some way it's, it's all gone.
0: Hmm.
1: So reverse it, you know, pay yourself first.
0: Yeah, I've heard heard that a lot, actually. So it's something interesting to consider. Another thing that's uh, interesting to consider is uh, compounding and and, and, and stuff like that, which maybe not a lot of people understand what compounding is. So if you want to speak to that, I'll let you speak to that. But how can one tap into this idea of compounding?
1: Well, I mean... Everyone who has credit card debt understands how difficult it is to pay interest on top of interest on top of interest
0: hmm, fair enough
1: so so if that's crystal clear in most people's minds, then compounding from an investment or a savings standpoint is the exact opposite it's It's making interest on top of the interest on top of the interest so it's it works in exactly the same opposite way
0: which sounds a lot better to me. <laughs>
1: It does, you know, and and I think all of this just simply comes back to understanding what's important to to you and and your significant other if you happen to be in a in a relationship. Um and and not letting the noise kind of dictate uh what that looks like for you. Hmm. Because there will be some tough times ahead and when that happens, you you need to feel confident that what you're doing is working and you're you're sticking to it. And, um, you know, life will go on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it always does at, at the end of the day, you know, especially now. Times can seem tough right now, but eventually, you know, we, we get over the slump and, and we recover. And, but, you know, uh, Sam, I want to thank you for taking your time to share your knowledge with us and speak with us and, and um, just give people some insight on, on your world. So how can people get a hold of you if they want more information or get in touch with you?
1: yeah well there's there's actually and thank you for that and I want to thank you for the invitation to to have this discussion today and one thing that I need to say though is you know as a certified financial planner at IG Wealth Management um a lot of the stuff that we talked about today is is conceptual and and it's all fine and dandy but uh I really encourage your listeners to go back and and have these important discussions with whether it's their, their accounting professional or legal professional or, or even a financial advisor to really try and figure out how some of these things may or may not fit within their own financial plan. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm, uh, I'm at a stage in my life where uh, it's a little bit of a struggle trying to figure out how to use digital and social media. <laughs> um, but uh, certainly uh, individuals can reach out to me via Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, uh, I'm a little active on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I'm still trying to figure out. And I know that you've been trying to get me to use TikTok, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, um, or, or simply visiting the website at uh, www.samgilmet.com.
0: Okay, I'll leave all that, because um, I understand me, you know, some people might be driving right now, or, or whatever the case may be, so I'll leave that all in the the uh, description there, and Wonderful. that was, uh, I'm writing that down, so that's samgomet.com. Yes. Kate.com. Okay, .com, okay, perfect. Well, once again, Sam, uh, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with us, and I hope people reach out to you because what you have to offer, I think, is very, very important, especially after these times when money can be a little bit more stressful than normal.
1: Well, thank you, Nichelle, and I wish you all the best as well, and uh, stay safe.
0: You too. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.